on deck, dropping eaves, and doubling down on deaf ears. Find out what happens this week on The Hapless Heroes. Dead aft, though. Hello and welcome to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I'll be your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. So we'll start our evening by introducing our cast, same as we do every week, because, well, we've gotten into a habit and at about 150-so episodes in, why break it? To my right, we have Francesco as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. I still have a plan. To his right, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. There's a plan going on. To his right, we have Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southland. I wonder if this plan will fail. And to his right, we have Phil as Hedrick, the Entertainer. Oh, you can't see me? All the better to hear you. You can't see me! Oh my god. <laughs> Nobody can see your John Cena impression. <laughs> but they knew. But they knew. That song's probably not public domain, is it? Well, even if it, it, well, whether or not it's public domain, me making a terrible mouth version of it uh, definitely. It's always it, better, yeah, anyways. I feel like that's transformative enough. In and terms of the I review. It into a steaming pile of turd. What does everyone think about that song? Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a good intro, uh, entry song for uh, yeah, WWE Star. Yeah. We've now reviewed it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we met fair use before that with it being transformative, but hey, there we go. I, I know we just—I think we 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 are purposely dicks about it. Anyways, let's see what happened last time. So, in terms of recap, you know that dungeon master of yours, the one that taught you D and D, you know, taught you all the best practices and the things that have kept you alive up until now. Well, one thing he told you was never split the party. Yeah, we didn't listen either. We went and split the party. So we've got several different things going on. We'll start in the room where most of our folks are, where we have a doppelganger of Hedrick tied to a bed, surrounded by the rest of the party. Now, I should clarify, it's not really a doppelganger. It's more of a doppelganger adjacent illusion. This distinction is probably only important to Jarrell, but for the rest of us, maybe it's a thing. Anyway, it's tied to a bed. He occasionally acts right, but for the most part is acting just a little bit off. And off enough that the three guards who had just left the room couldn't even keep their accent straight, which is totally a product of their surprise <laughs> and not at all a product of my inability to do accents. <laughs> so, in the next, so in the next room, we have the realest of Slim Shadies just floating away in the middle of the room, being the slimmest she possibly can be. But, oh, back to our cliffhanger, and is it ever a cliffhanger? Now, we've got the real Hedrick. And he's about to do a little bit eavesdropping, but he's noticed that there are a lot of people on one side of the ship and there seems to be a commotion about something or other. But we haven't quite figured out what it is because, well, if I told you at the end of the last episode, that kind of kills the cliffhanger and that, I don't know, kills my, that kind of kills my sadistic joy in doing cliffhangers <laughs> to you, my audience, our audience. 
know what I mean? Or it gives you a week to actually decide what it is. <laughs> I mean, yes. It was 100% that, but I was trying not to let them see me bleed. <laughs> Wearing the brownest of DM pants there. But anyway. We all do it, please. Oh, yeah. It's the whole point of a cliffhanger. <laughs> I'd like to think at some point maybe I uh, plan a little bit better than that, but that's not till season two. <laughs> now I think hmm so which order do we want to go in do we want to start from the top or do we want to start from the bottom do we want to just yeah do we want to torture our audience yeah I say do we want to no. torture our audience just that much more by making them wait even longer to find out what's happening on deck well hell when you frame it that way of course that's what I'm going to do so we're going to put our uh Put our uh, virtual cameras, our audio cameras, almost like a microphone or something like that, back to the most of the main party, plus a um, somewhat mildly, ever so slightly bondaged uh, pseudo uh, Hedrick. And yeah. the part. Yeah, so Felix just got done explaining to the guards. To, like, I tried to literally bore them out of the room with fake science. Um, talking about some made-up disease called dimnesia, and that would explain Hedrick's irrational behavior and him shouting out a bunch of stuff that he shouldn't be shouting when there's, you know, uh, people, you know, prying ears uh, in the room. I mean, we also have, you know, our, our, our orcish friend, but he's a friend so far. He's a friend. He's a character that might turn into something, but I haven't been able to, I don't know, in my mind, flesh him out enough to really give him that personality that zings. So right now he's just uh, well, doing, you know, his usual grunting and being a lot like, you know, your stereotypical barbarian character, apparently, so much that I confuse him for other barbarian characters. Yeah, he's <laughs> just he's just frickin' chillin' right now, so... He is. Um, yeah, well, if the situation in the room has diffused... I, I would, would so. I would like to continue my plan because remember Hedrick went off and did this whole like uh, what was the name of that spell mislead right yes mm -hmm. I, I With, simultaneously turn invisible and, and lose like a, a yeah. double but it, it's a real double I mean you can interact it, with it right yeah it's physical at least so. Um, he didn't tell any of us that he was doing this. And right. if he had just waited, I was going to also make, the, I, we, Quinn and I just continued our conversation because he was talking about turning someone invisible. And I was like, we did this in the heist. Let's turn Slim invisible and I'll send her up to Scout because she's small, tiny, and can get through most places with relative ease. And if she dies, it's not a big deal because I could just resummon her from the ether. S but, you know, Again, we didn't know Hedrick was doing this, so Slim's already out of the room, halfway halfway to our destination. It was almost as if we were misled. <laughs> you're, I you're, feel like it's right out of the Hedrick uh, survival uh, or surviving Snoo Snoo playbook, though. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> so the only reason this pelvis made it. <laughs> oh God. So Felix would again like to go back to slim senses and just like get a get a lay of the land again of that room outside of our living quarters on the ship that little antechamber that Quinn had or that uh, Hedrick had to sneak through initially um, is the door the other the door on the opposite end of the room that led to like you know the sort of the halls of the ship and where I can kind of get up to the deck um, ajar 
No, no it's, it's a, a door. door. Okay, you're funny. <laughs> We've already made that joke, okay? And that was like episode four or five. I don't care. It's still a good so joke. You know what? No, it's not. It's a terrible and, joke. Listen, it's close enough to Father's Day. Yeah, like it literally. I mean, it's, it's the recording of this episode. It was yesterday. Well, um, true. Yeah. Not to date ourselves, sure. yeah. but I just I wasn't ourselves. trying to date it, but yeah. Right. <laughs> um. So, anyways. Yeah, I try to um, avoid dating myself. I'm not my type. Yeah, grief. I wouldn't date myself either. Good grief. So, is the door slightly open? The door is not, in fact, slightly open as the uh, guards who have passed through this room and have left the other side were assiduous enough to close the door. Were they that fast that I couldn't, as they were leaving the room, switch to Slim and slip out with them? I feel like they were like literally sprinting out the fucking door then. Oh, I, I know. If that's the sort of thing uh, that Slim would have wanted to do or you would have wanted Slim to do, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I would have wanted to do that the moment I saw that the tension in the room had diffused and the guards were leaving and like had exited our our door. Yeah, and my, de- my notes and details aren't so detailed that I wouldn't be able to just slip that in as something that sounds reasonable. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if like all three of them were just hanging out in the room outside or if you know at least one of them was exiting to go somewhere else in the ship. I just wanted to get Slim kind of closer to where... Well, I wanted to get to the, I wanted to get to the, the bridge anyways, or the deck, well, the start, you know, starting with the deck, just to kind of scope things out, see what's going on. I'm not going to see Hedrick up there, but at least I know he's somewhere around there. All right, that sounds pretty good. Yes, you could uh, you could slip out the door behind them. They actually did leave in a little bit of a hurry because after they started leaving the room, uh, I'm sure that da- even down there, they heard, I don't know, something like a ruckus. Okay. Okay. With every sailor on a ship on one of the gunnels, the ship's going to list a little bit. People are going to be a little chatty. That's fair. But she can slip out with them. Yes, she can slip out with them. Okay. I just want to zip it back to the other people in the room so I'm not neglecting uh, Jarrell or uh, or anybody else. So are you guys up to anything uh, in the room there? Uh, Jarrell is still inspecting the Hedrick, uh, pseudo-Hedrick. <laughs> And uh, he's, like, opening his eyes and checking his tongue, um, trying to determine if anything is medically wrong with him outside of what... Are you a doctor? No. No. Okay. (laughs) Do you believe you're a doctor? No, but... um, No, but if you're trying to check anatomy, let's make a medicine check. We'll see what uh, shakes out of it. Fantastic. Because Felix made it pretty clear that he's very ill. Oh, God. And now, Jared... <laughs> it wasn't the worst case scenario, but it was damn close. I rolled a two. Oh, my. And he you have no modifier? Severe, severe no, no modifier. the usual mitochondria. Um, like, it's, so it's not good. Now... You might have to operate right away. I can, I can cure... Uh, conditions. <laughs> Can I? Let me hold on. 
I'm not. I'm not pushing myself to uh, waste a spell slot if I don't have to <laughs> on something so ridiculously stupid. That's yeah, uh, but but that something ridiculously stupid is what earns you inspiration at the same time, right? So, I do love how you are also probably the most useful when it comes to healing. I mean, Hedrick and I, yes, too, but you have all this healing ability, and you have like zero knowledge of how to heal people. Because I don't actually do it via medicine. I do it via magic. God allows me <laughs> to right. heal you. You do it through, right. God knows what he's doing, not you. Right. Up right. Valen, and it's a shame. Valen. Right. 100% correct. Um, I don't see that I have anything to cure disease. But I do have detect disease. Which I can do as a ritual, so I guess I'll spend the next uh, ten minutes detecting the disease. So what happens if a ritual gets interrupted before it's ten minutes? Is the slot burned or not? If it's a ritual, if it yeah. has the ritual tag, he doesn't spell, it doesn't burn the slot to begin with if he's casting it as a ritual. Oh, okay. There we go. Well, I think everybody wins there. So, um, yes, you can... Um, yeah, Jarrell, um, any ritualizing and or pre-ritualizing needs to happen, um, I'm sure, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be doing that for 10 minutes. Sounds fantastic. So Slim Shady has slipped out. Um, Captain Southwind, what are you up to? Um, I don't think I'm doing much of anything, to be honest, which sounds really bizarre, because I feel like, like he, does, he doesn't know much about medicine, so he has no idea what's going on there. He doesn't really believe Felix anyway, but... He's going along with the with the lie. Um, I think he's just he's wise enough to Felix's plans that I was gonna I, say, like you've known me for long enough that you right. know what I'm just trying to get rid of people. Right. Okay. I wanna change my order. If I use lay on hands, five points of lay on hands, I can cure disease. So first I'm gonna use five points of lay on hands on the pseudo hedrick. <laughs> and then I'm gonna spend my ten minutes ritualizing to detect disease. I think contained with Jarrell actually believing all of this. Yeah. So wait, did, did that lay on hands cost you anything? It cost me five of my 65 lay on hands. Ah, okay. So I still have 60 HP left if we need it. And... Uh, I'm, I'm spending 10 minutes <laughs> on an ten illusion. On an illusion. For an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. That might be enough time to at least like get the info we need and then get back before shit gets weirder. And that may be. So speaking of shit getting weirder, now we're going to actually get to the moment of payoff that the audience has been wanting for so long. Hedrick on the deck of the ship. So uh, instead of being by that uh, by that uh, rail, you are trying to do a little bit of eavesdropping first, you said, right? Yes, when we had originally encountered the officers, they were like at the top of the stairs, near the stairs area, they, and then we were ushered away in the opposite direction. So I was going to follow those officers. And at last I remember, I thought I had at least moved up close enough to get outside uh, the door or outside the space that they are. So if it's a physical door in my way, or if it's like just a threshold, um, on the way there, I did notice that there were a lot of the crew 
overlooking the side of the boat, but I, I didn't get to see what they were looking at. And the bit of conversation that I happened to hear as I was tumbling my way forward was that something about the lighthouse of Legradex, possibly um, having to do with the people who were there. All right, so... Um... All right, run by me just what you're trying to do again. I'm sorry, I had a bit of a brain moment. When uh, it became clear, we were, we were having, you know, calm discussion with the uh, commander <laughs> and the admiral. And then we were all of a sudden thrown out into this room saying that we weren't going to be let out until we had reached Ardwall, meaning that whatever was happening along the way was meant to be hidden from us. And especially since there was, uh, you know, an interruption saying that, you know, there's something you have to see. He's either interested in finding out what the officers are talking about, which I, where he was going first. But if he could just look over the boat, then maybe his interest is pulled in that direction. Um, right now, I thought he was like up to the point where now I can give a proper check to see what I can hear from the officers. Yes, okay, so this is where we're gonna start then, is this uh, eavesdropping on the officers. Now, what are you gonna be using to try to make this check? Well, hmm. <laughs> I'm sure there's no way you would let me use <laughs> performance. <laughs> yeah, that, that that might be a bridge too far. Well, it's almost like a musician's ability to, you know, hone in on a particular sound, especially when there's multiple sounds happening at the same time. Sort of focusing your senses to catch the beat or catch the tone or subtleties and melody. He's looking for words. Yeah, so you're that, trying to, so you're trying like to that perceive all. that. <laughs> I feel like that just falls more squarely under a perception or an investigation. Um, now, if you were trying to pretend and make it look convincing that you were trying to listen, it's uh, you know, performance would be perfect here. Yeah. Well, we, well, we may want to hang on to that because a performance or a deception is going to be really good for trying to hide your intentions for doing it. <laughs> and not right. just, yeah, oganing your hand to your ear. So, yes, I am invisible. However if possibly there was a place that I could gain some vantage to hear a little bit better. So maybe that means, you know, um, moving into an awkward position, maybe on top of a, a handrail where, you know, somebody's not going to be walking on the handrail so I could stand on it and kind of, you know, hear a little bit easier from my position. So my dice tell me there's a convenient porthole near there. Okay. <laughs> Almost contrived, but my dice told me, so it's fair. It just magically <laughs> appears. Yeah, it was there the whole time, but, you know. So, well, I mean, yeah. like, on camera, right, like, the camera just pans slightly to the right, and there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why I keep tight camera angles all the time, so I can expand it out to shit that wasn't there before in, in post-production. So this porthole has glass, or is it clear hole? Um, it does have glass, but I mean a single pane of glass isn't going to stop too much noise. 
Well, I wasn't sure if it was possibly clasped where you can actually open up that pane or not. Um, Mike, you have not enough for that. Okay. Mike is biting his fucking tongue because I'll just talk about holes and like I just like while our audience holes can't and see pain, yeah, handle it. While we can't, while y'all can't see his face, I can see him sitting there, literally biting on like his fingers because he's trying to just keep his mouth shut. But I'm not going to let him get away with that. Uh, DM Dave, what is the circumference of this hole? Twelve inches. <laughs> All right, so certainly right. big enough. Certainly big enough. Certainly. I don't think anybody would say that that was too small. The hole, but. All right, should I do my investigation? I'll get up that to That sounds the good. Yeah, investigate for us. Okay. Ooh, two plus five is a seven. Hmm. It sounds a little bit muffled. You might have to do some rejiggering or try to open that porthole a little bit to really get a good uh, sound. It's something about scry and, I don't know, something about ship. Could I try to sleight of hand? Yes, you can attempt to sleight of hand that porthole open a little bit more to make a better check. I like that a lot. Uh, that's a 13 total. Yeah, 13, uh, a 13 will do it. I mean, it creaks a little bit, but there's a lot going on right now, so nobody hears it. Okay. And now, yeah, I would uh, allow you to either advantage eyes or just make a second perception check. Um... Try perception again. Or it's yeah, investigation? I mean, yeah, it's investigation, yeah. Okay. Whatever you were doing before. Oh my. Okay. That's fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. That is significantly better. Conveniently like twice as good as last time. Man, <laughs> I guess we know what the window does. Seh, <laughs> we've no idea what they are. You can hear uh Commander O'Reilly uh, giving a uh, mission brief to the Admiral. Some kind of ships, not manned with anything we've ever seen before. All of us scrying over at the tower is completely out. We don't know what's going on. I suggest we kill it. Commander O'Reilly, that's enough. I need you to just stop for a second and try stop trying to store your brain in the same scabbard as your sword for five minutes. We need to get a little bit closer and see what's going on. Ah, it's time for me to get behind the wheel again. I'm absolutely certain, by the way, there's a better word than wheel for a, sh a, a, a giant naval ship like that. But hell if I can remember it. So he's just going to call it a wheel and we're going to assume it's the wheel and we're going to get on with our life. Certainly a man uh, of such experience gets to call the wheel whatever he wants. Whatever he wants, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he calls it whatever he wants, yeah. The spinny thing. <laughs> I can't wait to be he behind can do that. The spinny thing. It, it, it's sort of a weird relationship dynamic with, uh, with the admiral and the commander in that they both for each other occasionally have to be the adult in the world. And honestly, I mean, as long as you know how to use it, it doesn't matter what you call it. Indeed. Yeah, there are probably some things you can call it that would detract from the experience. Like spinny thing? <laughs> <laughs> right round, baby. Right round. 
All right, so uh, you have heard some things there, Hedrick, but uh, yes. is there any other information you would be attempting to glean from any other sources? Do you want to continue listening? Are there things you're trying to look for? I, I would like to, to espionage. Yeah, I, I would like to uh, continue my stealth and sneak to a vantage point where I could see what the rest of the crew are looking at. Okay, I just need one little point of clarification. Now, the kind of invisibility you get from mislead, is that the sort that would break upon uh, doing making an ability check like sleight of hand? I feel like you can investigate or perceive well enough while still invisible, but sleight of hand might interrupt that. So let's make sure we're on the square side of the rules. Sure. Um, the exact wording. You become invisible at the same time an illusory double of you appears where you are standing. The double lasts for the duration, but the invisibility ends if you attack or cast a spell. That's it. Perfect. Okay, that is properly spelled out. So good. You are still invisible and thus wouldn't need to be terribly stealthy. Just you know, make sure you're not tripping over things. I think another key point is that the double lasts for the duration. Okay. And so, the duration was how long? Was that spelled out in there? One hour. One hour. Okay, so more than long enough for anything we're trying to do here. It does say that I have to remain um, concentration on it. Just noticing that that is concentration. There is no range to whatever reason. It will exist so long as I'm still thinking about it. But, you know, if I lose invisibility, but um, I am still concentrating and I make the save, then the double will remain even though I am not invisible any longer. <laughs> it's just true because the spell's effects are still technically going okay. just one of them ended okay that is um, like your most dangerous situation right now i think with Charel on board <laughs> as forget long as he can't see both at once forget about kill o'reilly you gotta worry about Jarrell facing off against your doppelganger <laughs> well what i what i feel like might be interesting is what happens it does not designate any hit points or or anything to that matter right it's 50-50 so, I mean, on which one he destroys. <laughs> well, I can control it, so. Well, yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, if I could, I would like to uh, just stealth my way to a point where, again, I'm not in a high traffic zone. I want to have a vantage point. If that means I need to climb up on something uh, to look over, you know, whatever I can do to get out on the deck and, and see what they see. Fantastic. Pardon my fishing expedition and all the puns that come with being on a ship, but uh, give me the most nominal of stealth checks just to make sure you're not tripping over boards or something. 13 plus 8, 21. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, anything better than like a 5 or a nat 1 was going to get you there because you're invisible. Like, you know, you don't really need that much help. So good. When you get to the side, there are things you see. Far off in the distance, there might be a tower. It's kind of tough to tell because of the huge swirly green energy coming green from. Green energy. Green energy. Swirly mm -hmm. green energy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And th th I mean, that enough is probably quite a bit to get some attention. But that tower also seems to be surrounded by ships that are laying some sort of siege to this. And if that wasn't enough, upon slightly closer examinations, we get... Ghost ships. Ships. Ghost ships? Yep. 
So very, um, you know, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Black Pearl, you know, so, you know, beat up, dead ass looking ships with holes in the sails and lots of, you know, misty green energy on the deck. Like just living green energy. stereo. Misty green energy. So you're telling me that the uh, army of the undead now has a navy? Well, there is a navy of undead. Whether it's the army of the undead's <laughs> navy of the undead, um, they don't fly flags. Right. We can only imagine but, they yes. all work for one so, guy. Um, yeah, I've decided to make the situation much worse globally. Is Johnny Depp on our ship? No. The, the closest and best you have is uh, is my bad impression of Matt Berry. <laughs> God, that's I'm not sure if I. That's all right. <laughs> uh, this is Quinn's opportunity to be Johnny Depp. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could like how how big is the um, island that the tower sets on? Roughly how like what's the tower look like? I mean, I would imagine more of a lighthouse. Is it just smaller than that, or is it bigger than a lighthouse? The scale is made difficult by the fact that one, it is several miles away, and two, it is semi-obscured in a pillar of swirling green energy at the moment. Swirling green energy? Green energy? So this swirling nimbus surrounding the tower is sort of obscuring the view, but you can tell that it would be... I don't know, it's either a large, large, large lighthouse that's, you know, a mile away, or a normal-sized lighthouse that's three miles away. Okay. One of the problems on the sea, unfortunately, is that it's difficult to get frames of reference. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought maybe uh, with uh, the help of the ships, if I could see how large the ships are and I can understand you know, the size of a vessel, a typical vessel, and then how far away they are. I don't know. Like, I'm, it is I'm sing- to make yeah. sure. Yeah, no, you're, you're right that uh, like I kind of screwed up there a little bit where, yeah, the ships would serve as a bit of a standard for comparison, provided you know the size of the ships. But yeah, it's a pretty big tower, and it is you know probably about two miles away or so. Okay. And and would I be able to just do a navigation check as Quinn? Like you're not there. Sure, if you were on deck and saw it and were aware. Oh, of the I don't know what's going on. That's sure. Yep. That's fair. <laughs> but you would be able to. Well, you yes. can make a, a navigation check in the room. And be like, this wall is the north wall. <laughs> <laughs> and that th- maybe it'd be a hell of a check for that. But yeah, a pretty, we'll be really a, a pretty basic one to be able to teleport from starboard, at least. I mean, I'm sure he has a compass in his navigator's tools. I feel like that'd be really dumb if he didn't. I don't know. Lots of things get uh, jacked from his navigator's tools, apparently. Well, I'm also thinking Quinn is an arrogant fuck, so maybe he just, like, thinks that the compass is in his head. He just always knows what direction he is going. I always like know bird. true north. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. He's so got that little, like, node so- in his brain for the, the birds can tell exactly where <laughs> So, Dave, from this point, um, did the commander and admiral exit the room they were talking in? They're still in the room as far as you know. You sort of made your extraction from there before that. Where he's headed isn't out the door that you were near anyway. So, like, the you know, the con, the whole steering and uh, drive stuff would be a little bit further up, you know, on the top of that thing back there in the back of the ship, whatever that's called. The aft. The tower at the aft. I don't know. 
Dead aft, though. <laughs> dead aft, though. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Wow, a lot. Um, that's that's a good title. All right, so I was gonna say point, that that might have made the title. Yeah, dead aft. Dead aft, though. If um, if that's all he thinks he's gonna hear, us other than like some of their ideas for planning on how to deal with it, it seemed like there was two perspectives: one, shoot first, ask questions later; two maybe get a better look at what's actually going on, get closer. Um, it certainly seemed like the crew was taken back, so I feel like while everybody is still distracted, this is Hedrick's chance to try and slip back into the room. I would love uh, if it, I would love it actually if Hedrick and, and Slim crossed paths, so as he's sneaking back down invisible, she's sneaking up onto the deck invisible. Good, I like this. I think all these things are kind of converging together at the same time. Now, when that's all happening, uh, just about as you're starting to get uh, right to the uh, entrance to the lower levels of the ship, you do see the door uh, to that uh, bridge open to the deck, and um, a vaguely familiar person, you're not entirely, like, you've seen him around here at some point. I mean, he, maybe he was in the bridge when you were in there. You're not 100% certain, but he was around. Walks out onto the deck with a bit of an air of authority. Do I recognize him? Um, just that vague recognition that I mentioned earlier. Hmm. He does seem to have some sort of wacky whistle around his neck. Now, are you going to hang out and uh, be there for when he does whatever he does, or are you staying? Uh, going to commit to your plan of heading back down? I think Hedrick, uh, this is the first time he's cast this spell. Certainly, it's, he didn't even like let anybody know, so he feels like the best way to use this is if as few people know about it as possible. He's going to try to, he's going to take note and he's going to tell himself, hey, there's probably a lot of people on this boat. I got to get back to the fellas. So he's going to go back to, through the bridge, try to get down the stairs. And if I recall, there was two doors that I would need to open. One into the antechamber and then one into our, um, you know, living quarters, I guess. Correct. Okay. That's what I would like to do. Okay, fantastic. Um, so we're going to ha have you start heading on down. And as you do head down and Slim Shady heads up, Slim Shady can see and you can hear the um, very familiar like that. It's a kind of, I can't yeah. whistle, unfortunately, but a bosun's whistle, that kind of low, high sound, uh, but really shrieking that that uh, yeah. you know, whistle makes. And the bosun that uh, you would kind of know now, uh, the, you know, the boatswain, the guy who's sort of in charge of the day-to-day -day operations of the ship, starts yelling orders at the sailors and getting to man the mizzen mast and uh, try to find the mizzen mast because it appears to be mizzen and all the other things that are uh, going on up there. You know, Do something with the jib? Yeah. Maybe, maybe cut like, the jib? Maybe. Only if he likes it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, shouting all sorts of sailing jargon that I can't be fucking bothered Hoist the mainsail! Yeah, you know, we can we just cut in um, the, like the beginning of uh, Blackbeard by uh, uh, fucking uh, Mark Rebier there. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I'm pretty sure he owns the rights to all of his music. Yeah, not, not to mention, man, that yeah, that's yeah. But uh, audience, yeah, go 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 find it on Spotify or something and listen to it. And it's kind of the sort of garbage that's going on there. Hmm. Blackbeard's here, in fact, but he isn't. It's just green shit. Green, Green shit. Green shit. Mmm, shit. 
Oh, come on, dude. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have Slim um, sort of latch on and perch herself to one of the masts, like the mast poles. Sounds good. Um, just because that way she can kind of be out of the way. I don't want her to go all the way up to the Griffin's roost because I, you know, I mean, yes, these are trained Griffins, but they are still wild animals. So I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to get her too close to something that can sniff her out. Um, and just have her kind of like look out uh, to the horizon, like where these ghost ships are essentially. Um, and I'm going to just kind of periodically check in on what she sees uh, until we're called to action. So I'm going to flip back to Felix for now that I've kind of seen a little bit of the commotion and just be like, you know, talking to the uh, to my to my crew in here. Uh, there's a there's a bit of a situation on uh, on deck, fellas. Uh, Jarrell positions the pseudo Hedrick uh, up a little bit, turns to you and says, what is it? Uh, and like, you know, realizing that I've only been gone for a few minutes and you've already started fucking around with uh, Hedrick's doppel body. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> doppel body. <laughs> uh, you know, I, Felix is just going to continue, but he's going to like kind of just sigh when he sees like what you're doing. Because he realizes he probably should have communicated with you a little bit more clearly after the guards left before he went off and did his thing. Um, <laughs> So he's going to say, listen, um, there's some ships on the horizon and they don't look, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, natural. Um, definitely look like, like, like I heard, I heard mention of like dead things. I don't know. Something about ghost ships. And, uh, well, as you know, this is kind of our specialty these days. Um, so maybe yeah, there's a way a we while. can kind of, yeah. Maybe there's a way we can con- well a while. Jarrell, it's it was early. It was like yesterday. Yeah, that was like half my sentence. I got cut off. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a while since I've been at a sea battle. Uh huh. <laughs> Which it has been. <laughs> yeah. This is true. Uh, here's the thing. Um, obviously we're still relegated to this room, and. So um, we need to con- we need we need to find some way to convince them that we can be useful to them. I know we were trying to get off this ship before and get to the airship, but maybe we can just signal the airship that and I mean, they probably see what's happening. Certainly, um, you know that maybe we can provide some kind of assistance. Uh, anyway, that's my plan. Why are you manhandling Hedrick's body? You said he was ill. I'm curing him of disease. And Jarrell uh, puts his hands on oh, his Jarell, shoulders. Stop. He's very no, proud stop. of himself. Jarrell, bring it in, buddy. And I kind of like motion for him to lean down to my level. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm going to like say to him at a very low volume, listen, I just said all that stuff to get the guards out of our room because Hedrick was saying a bunch of stuff that they weren't supposed to hear, okay? He's fine. He's obviously doing some kind of magic, kind of how I do my magic with Slim. I don't know what he's up to, but I'm sure he was trying to do the same thing I was and just figure out what's going on, okay? So, like, 
just let leave him alone. I'm sure he'll be back to his senses shortly, and we can continue making plans. But like, just please stop shaking him. I have no idea how that's gonna affect him whenever he's done doing his thing. Or continue. It was very interesting. <laughs> please stop shaking him. He's our friend. Daryl again is like moving his like by his chin back and forth. And are you are you certain he's not ill? Yeah, and right, because, like, the doppelganger probably right now is just like... <laughs> right. Uh, has it been ten minutes? Um, it doesn't seem like ten minutes worth of stuff has happened yet. Okay. This is all kind of going rapid fire. I want to call it about five minutes since you started ritualizing. Uh, so Jarrell, again, proceeds to continue. He's already halfway done with the ritual... I mean, who who knows? Maybe he could diagnose uh, uh, some other issue, disease <laughs> that Hedrick has. He's committed. It's ritual demo commitual. It's thirty. Uh, Hedrick Hed, Hedrick's gonna pop back, and he's gonna tell him that his illusory duplicate has like chlamydia or some shit. Well, like, I, I'm sure that Quinn. Three. That's so mean. Quinn <laughs> could use a checkup every once in a while, right? It just takes ten minutes, and you, you know exactly what you got. Very careful, thank you very much. I'm very careful, he says. So yeah, I would think, you know, after hearing everything that I could, Hedrick would get to that first door to get into the antechamber. Yep. And he is going to want to find a spot in the corner, stand very still, and switch his consciousness back to his illusory double. So you are uh, you are before the first door and not the second door, right? First door Correct. going in. Correct. Okay. I so I didn't want to I didn't want to open any doors without having anything seen there, you know, just because clearly that's going to draw more attention, and I kind of want to time this, and I want to make sure that I can give more information to my party. Okay, uh, that sounds great. So yeah, do the uh, do the switching. So as you so, switch back, uh, Jarrell is waving like burning sage in front of you and chanting, and I imagine Felix is just glaring at Jarrell. <laughs> I'm still pleading with Jarrell to like stop this nonsense. Everything's fine. Right. But I can tell you from experience, at least with burning sage, that it smells fantastic in here. It does. So uh, as I regain this new sight, um, I'm hearing little Felix trying to explain, look, I just told him that because he's clearly using some magic. He's clearly doing something else. And Hedrix is going to... That's not at all what I sound like. I was going to say, That's not at all what I sound like. Okay, it's more like this, all right? And you were doing some weird bastardization of it. And I really don't appreciate when you're doing impressions of me without my consent. Fred was so offended by that. I loved it. So, uh, but clearly, like, you know, with the enthusiasm that a gnome would, and uh, so Hedrick's, like, just kind of, like, smiling, knowing full well that, oh, yeah, okay, Jarrell is not happy with me. Um, so he's going to turn to Jarrell and say, thank you for doing what, you, what you're doing for me. Uh, I really am invisible, and I really did see those crazy green green light surrounding a tower green light green light green light you know it's my green turn. light i was doing it in character though <laughs> well then keep yours and ditch ours 
there are these these uh, ships that that appear to be apparitions, and they are just laying siege to this tower out there. Now, my real I bad should, is I should pause for a second. The ships themselves do not appear to be apparitions; just the apparitions or apparitional stuff on them. The ships okay. just appear to be regular ships in disrepair, as though they were raised from the bottom of the ocean or something. Okay. I just like the black pearl. <laughs> so, uh, my real form is in the hallway right now. And what I'm going to do is, if you don't mind, un untie me here so that I can I can get up and move. And I'm going to do a little bait, bait and switch. Jabril? You are hear me? here, but you're invisible. I can see you. <laughs> Jarrell, I'm not sure if you understand just how magic works sometimes. Jarrell, I want you to listen to me. I or can multiply Quintic. myself. And it's the same way that Mort used to be able to summon all those illusory duplicates of himself. They're not ah, actually yes. Mort. No. They weren't. Trust me. After I come back in the room, there will only be one of me. Okay, okay I'll keep an eye on it. Just For someone who... Sorry. Sorry. For someone who literally uses magic every day, all day long, you literally have no idea what magic is about. Why? Listen, what, what about Jarrell makes you think that he understands how he's doing what he's doing? <laughs> well, it, it was really only valid. Now is the only reason why you can do it. Jarrell is 100% certain that he is capable of these things only because he's incredibly awesome <laughs> and his God likes him. That's the reason. That's the reason that he can hit really hard. <laughs> I was going to start going into the differences between divine magic and arcane magic, but I just don't think it's... I feel like I'm just going to be preaching to no one here. So we'll just... Jarrell, just trust that Hedrick is fine and he knows what he's doing. And that there um, is no doppelganger situation here at all. And he Hedrick wants uh, Jarrell to untie pseudo-Hedrick? Please, uh, Jarrell will untie him, um, but again, he's got he's got kind of like within arm's length of him. So again, he's gonna say thank you, and he's gonna stand up and approach the door, and he's going to the double is going to move to exit the room. It is unlocked, correct? It was just guarded. Um, it was locked actually. They locked okay. the door behind them as you know. At least okay. somewhat attentive guards might do. So they uh, locked us they in locked our us bedroom? In. They locked you in the... Well, you're in the unlocked bedroom, well, suite area, inside the locked antechamber door, yes. Okay, so but, the, but, the, uh, but the door to the into the antechamber is unlocked. Yeah, the door between the room you are in and the antechamber is unlocked. The door between okay. the antechamber and the deck is locked. Okay. So they have locked us in. Yes, they have. So, Idiots. They're extending you so much trust. Yeah. Um, the illusory double is going to exit that room, or at least poke his head out. 
and he's gonna say, excuse me, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Maybe I could get a, an escort or something, or, you know, something. Uh, let's see, there were no guards there, it's just locked. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I'm... What is the door made out of? That's just a wooden door, we're on a ship. Maybe there's some iron banding, but eh, it's a door. That's what I needed to know, okay. So, Illusory Good Double is, try, is trying to exit the suite. And he can just walk through, it's unlocked? Yeah, he can walk through the first door just fine, and then he will get to the second door, which is locked. Okay. So uh, it's just a question of who wants to open, you know, or you know, get the door opened to get in. So the, the guards are not present? No, the guards are not present. Everybody is up on the deck of the ship, because there's okay. things going on. Okay, well, no problem. Um, I, I totally forgot about that, so I thought they were still there. Um, there, there was a bit of an oversight with security. Well, uh, real Hedrick, invisible Hedrick, is going to try to lockpick this lock and try to get in. Fantastic. From uh, the, from the outside. This man's got these tools. Yep. That's 16 plus 8, 24. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a standard skeleton key lock. It doesn't take much. Excellent. It's a sturdy door, but the mechanics inside it aren't exactly, you know, top of the line here. So then um, I'm basically staring into my doubles. Yes. Uh, okay. So then I'm going to uh, move over to the other suite door and then have the double come over. Double opens up the door. We're both in the room with everybody now and have the double sit down. And then my loose, my invisible self is going to end concentration on the spell, and I'm basically going to sit on my illusory double, which uh, you know will vanish after I lose concentration on it. Carol lets out a sigh of relief. <laughs> you may you may miss like or you might see like a little bit of this timing where I sit down and then for a moment I cease to exist and it looks like I sat down again. Yeah, it's so, like, like, uh, one goes down. like almost like a, like a yeah, like a slight <laughs> lag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Um, all right, guys, we're we're gonna be in a heap of trouble if we just stay in this little room. Jalrel, there's some party crashers on their way, and they're your fate. To battle, then. Here's so. Right, there's just the slight issue of like you know sneaking up or getting ourselves back on deck, and then everyone being like, "Hey, what are you doing outside your room?" I was yep. thinking this most simple approach was, uh, "Well, the door was unlocked. We just felt like it was uh, okay to come and go as we please. No one needs to know that it was locked already." <laughs> like we could, because then we, then it's someone else's fault. Then it's Joe Blow who lock, who forgot to lock the door. Hmm. I left it unlocked. We, we could just uh, walk out of here. Everybody's up on the deck. We're about two miles out right now. So we got to figure out how we're going to move and then move quick. I'd say we demonstrate value. Captain, what do you think? I, the what's the name of the captain again? Uh, Jos was it Joseph Faxo? Admiral Joseph Faxo Mara. Yeah, so Admiral yeah. Mara. So I'm probably going to in the process of this, try to connect with Admiral Mara. All right. 
So the plan is set. You're going to try to walk back up onto the deck and uh, connect with the Admiral or do some sort of rash and decisive action that, you know, the heroes of Tal'Duria have been known for. Captain, do you have any uh, disguises or costumes or anything? I'm so glad you asked. And I pull out my disguise kit. Why do we require disguises? Uh, do they not know who we are? Well, you're I think they know who you are, and that's the point. Right, but that, that is also our point, that we literally saved Last Wall. We've destroyed things bigger than this already. Like, just let us do our job, I, man. I know, I feel like this is a conflict that's almost been had before. I surprisingly agree with Jarrell, and I'm very confused why they're preventing us from helping them. Because the stuff they're working on is classified, because it's in their own domain and they want to solve their own problems in their own borders, because Admiral Mara's a pig-headed idiot, because Jenny O'Reilly wants to stick sharp things in each and every person she doesn't know and most of the people she does. I mean, take your pick, guys. Well, Captain, stubbornness, they, that's... <laughs> yeah, cover. like, stubbornness is something everyone should hear should be it able just, to understand. It also, it also seems bizarre that sh they would lock the brother of the person that they're working for serving in a room their ship is named after but their flag right, they ride like on. name is on the boat <laughs> yeah except that we all know what the name Southwind means brother is in air quotes and even that's a little off sure but still like i mean there's a relationship there that is not bad there is not a a a, a it, we're not in bad terms at this point we shouldn't yeah. be. No, but she's in. We, I we, don't we, really know this, that but... well terms. I and mean, she, she invited me to all that, so. Yeah. She's also not here on the ship giving them orders. They kind of have to make also it up true. as they go. Um, yeah, I would say I would say Quinn's pretty miffed about all this and, and surprisingly very supportive of Drell's frustrations as well. Well, I'm glad. That, that's sort of where I was getting at as a DM. I wanted your characters to be frustrated by this. There's supposed to be a dilemma. Captain, they were talking about scrying. Like, they've been doing a whole, whole mess of it from this tower, and it's being interrupted. Now, I, I, I saw something out there. There is some sort of uh, vaporous you know, cloud that's swirling right around that thing. And, uh, the rest of them ships, well, they were just covered in and undead. They were covered in ghosties. Yeah, and it's actually uh, you know, quite interesting that they would actually use the lighthouse for scrying. I mean, what a brilliant idea, right? Because it's like it's already used as sort of a nautical symbol of navigation. That I mean, why, why wouldn't you use it for something like scrying magic too? I mean, it just makes sense. That's such a, such a brilliant thing. Oh my god, I have to see this lighthouse. Felix is now just talking to himself. Um, he's not even addressing any of you. He's just really excited now about the prospects of the things contained in this lighthouse. You know, after working enough with this, uh, this here pod of casting, with my amplifier, I, I do have, uh, I believe I do have some experience with uh, scrying magics. And if we ever have any need or purpose of it, I, I might be able to give that a go. We've had plenty of experience with scrying magic, trust us. That's like, we, ha we still have the... Well, Felix still has his. No, they, they take that. They took that from you, didn't they? 
I don't have any of those things because those of those things fused into the third eye of Vecna, which is it being capped at an offshore yeah. facility, uh, an offshore facility in the waters in the southern end near where Ardwall is on this, uh, on this, you know, off that island. It's on a smaller island, as a co in a covert research facility that is not marked on a map. But Felix does have a lot of experience with scrying stuff. Sure do. Don't have any of the things though for it. Shouldn't. Definitely couldn't. I need to go get some of the things for it. Well, you know, I'm not really controlling this ship, so. Hmm. Well, if you can't control a ship, you gotta take uh, take uh, command of your uh, mobility somehow, I suppose. Well, I was trying to suggest that we go to our own airship, but then things, you know, kind of changed. Just wanted to see if we could borrow those griffins, fly up to our ship, and send the griffins back, but nope, nope. For some reason, for some reason, Commander O'Reilly just, I don't know. I just feel like uh, I thought we got off on the right foot, but she just seems very, re very reluctant to help us with anything. And here I thought that our relationship was going great. It seems I mean, like you might have gotten off on the left foot. Yeah, the peg leg. Groan. Oh, God. All right, so do you guys have some sort of marching plan going on here? I mean, my suggestion is just to go the fuck up there and be like, yo, they left the door unlocked, so I figured we figured it was okay to come up and, you know, see if we could be of assistance because we heard a commotion. But I will be open to other ideas if someone has a better plan. Nobody has a better plan than you, Felix. No, now you're just saying that because I know you don't really mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Quinn going first just makes sense only because of who I am and what I re represent on the ship. Your name carries at least potentially some more weight than Felix Fizzlebottom. Potentially, I don't I don't think it does, but I would. But Quinn would think that. All right, screw it. Yeah, you go first. By himself? Why wouldn't we all go with him? No, 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 no. no. I mean, I just, I'm just, I'm leading the pack. That's he will be the first to emerge. Okay, so the party, I'm assuming, is about to leave the room and uh, headed by the noble uh, Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind stride out to the deck. Now, did you guys actually use the costumes or not, or the no. disguise kit? Right? No, I put no. it back away into my bag of holding. Okay, so good. Now I just wanted to make sure the scene was set with the crew valiantly striding forth from the room, and that's where I'm going to end the episode. You bastard. Heroes. So if you like us, we can still, against medical advice, be found on the internet. We're in such places as Twitter and Instagram at Hapless Heroes. We're on Reddit slash r slash Hapless Heroes podcast. We are also on the book O Faces. Now, uh, all of those places, though, they'll take you to the place you really want to be our discord server that's the place to meet interact with hang out with us and you know all the kinds of other stuff we do it's a fun lively community that's growing just about every single day and we'd really love you to come be part because that's that's really the place to be and that's the place that we are but if you really really like us though so if you really like us, you can find you can give us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. And at this point, you figured out what the podcast service of your choice is. Please leave us a review there. That way we can read that review, review your review, and review you 
is a five-star human being, just like this person right here. Yeah, so Brittany uh, wrote us on Facebook, recommended our show. She says, best D&D podcast I've listened to in a long time. 10 out of 10, recommend to anyone who wants a story-driven yet fun listen while also learning about D&D. Thanks, Brittany. You're a five-star human. I will say that uh, if you're learning about D&D from us, make sure you still read a rule book because we take great liberties. But I guess that's the point of D&D. Yeah, like we've kind of developed a really weird on the fly sort of style here where, you know, it, it's it's very whose line meets D&D. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to look at it. Now, if you've done those things, if you have survived our podcast and you really, really like us, you could donate to us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash hapless heroes or hapless heroes podcast. Is it? Nope. Maybe. It's hapless heroes. You got it the first way around. Oh, well, there we go. Patreon.com slash hapless heroes. Sorry. My severe allergy to self-promotion is kicking. But anyway, um, if you do donate to this, we have very, if you do donate to us there, we have various reward levels all the way from just a little bit for an attaboy for us, but also things for you, like a copy of, the vaunted legendary Hoblet notebook filled by the disjointed ramblings of the greatest dwarf to have ever strode the surface of Telduria, especially because he has knocked out and arrested the previous greatest dwarf who ever strode the shores of Telduria. <laughs> Not only that, but uh, recently we hosted uh, our very first sort of patron meet and greet game night. Um, just on, it was on June 20th, uh, and it was very successful you know we had a whole bunch of you guys show up popping in and out throughout the day playing some jackbox games hanging out talking did a kind of a impromptu q a towards the end uh, and we had such a great time that we're going to be totally doing that again and i'm going to make that available at just about every donation level because i feel like if you feel work worth contributing to then i want to make sure that you are included and yeah i just hosted on discord share my screen and we play some of the Jackbox games, all you need is a phone. That's great. I was there. It was absolutely legendary. Like, if you're part of our community, we need you there because we oh, yeah. need part of our community there for it so that we can, I don't know, invent terrible, terrible. Yep. We also got Dave we also got Dave drunk. That was entertaining. Yeah. It was a it was it was a good time. It was the greatest of times. 10 out of 10, we'll do again. And if you really, really love us, Sally Field and the whole deal, start your own sticker company and handwrite with Sharpie on each one how everyone should listen to Hapless Heroes Podcast. And the kicker is the stickers are also Band-Aid. So it's really a Band-Aid company. You'll be saving lives and helping make the world a beautiful and more educated place. Oh, wow. Put some hapless heroes on that boo-boo. You probably, probably won't get infected from it. Probably. But anyway, there's nothing else I can really do with this episode at this point, except for just outro our cast back out to get you all into the real world. So going the opposite way around our table. To start... On my left, we have Hedrick the Entertainer, played by Phil. And I never, ever, ever give a damn about the weather. Because the weather never, ever gave a damn for me. 
to his left as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind, we have Mike. I shall lead us to victory. To his left is Lord Jarrell the Light, we have John. They would be foolish not to let me destroy these things, it's what I'm best at. And to his left as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, we have Francesca. I need a backup plan. My David. <laughs> And my Dave is name. My name is Dave. And I've been your host and dungeon master for this evening. And I'm going to try to make sure I get my words uh, in the proper order before we start the next episode. So until then, bye-bye now. Bye. Oh. See you. I want a Dame named Dave. Dave. Dave.